Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. David Perez is a podcast producer based in South America. He believes that podcasting can be used very effectively to grow your network, whether that's by having your own podcast or by appearing as a guest on other people's. I'm very pleased today to welcome my very first international guest onto my podcast. So tell us who you are and where you are in the world. Thank you very much for having me, Liz. My name is David Perez. I am a podcast editor and producer, and I am based in Colombia. Lovely. Yes, I'm sure you're my first international guest, so it's uh, it's great to have you here. So podcasting, it's a really big thing at the moment, isn't it? So many more people are getting into that. How did you come to be doing what you're doing? Oh, I started out oh, back in my time as a teacher. I have a background in education. So I was a university teacher and I was an online teacher for quite some time. And I started using podcasts for my classes. Mm. Uh, I, I use my podcast as a way to provide additional materials or resources and, and uh, tips and yeah, additional content for my students. And that's why I learned to, to create podcasts. Later on, I decided uh, I didn't want to continue with education. And I started producing podcasts for other people. And, and eventually, I ended up uh, working particularly with uh, business coaches and health and wellness coaches. Okay. So, w- what were you teaching? I was a teacher of English as a second language. Okay. And and yeah. did that and so the the podcast did the um, did the students take to that? Did it that work well? Yeah. Well, uh, when you are teaching online, it's always challenging to have engagement. Uh, the, the dropout rates are very high. Mm. Uh, the, the engagement sometimes is a complicated thing to achieve, but I, I remember the podcast did help me a lot to create a better connection with my students, to create a better response and to tackle those recurrent uh, challenges that they were facing. Yeah. And so where, where were you hosting your podcast and how were your students accessing it? Okay. At the time, uh, since it was just a, a, a class project or they were like different podcasts for class projects, we were using Anchor which is a free podcasting, uh, a podcast host service. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's the only time I've ever used it. After that, I've moved on to using other podcast hosts. And so how long were you doing that for? How long was it before you left teaching behind? Uh, okay, I left teaching it, I think about three years ago. And I was doing podcasts for my students. I, I think it was almost three years as well. Mm. And so tell us what's happened since then. Oh, it was it was a crazy time because uh, I, I I quit teaching. Uh, it was uh, a very hard thing to do because it was like jumping onto something very, very different. I had never uh, worked um, independently. I had always been an employee. And I just jumped in and started a podcast production business. Luckily, I think I, I just got on the wave at the mm. right time in history because there is a boom. Like at the time I joined the podcast industry, it, 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 there was boom. And I think the boom is even uh, bigger right now. So uh, I was very fortunate because as soon as I got in, I started getting like more and more clients and more people who needed help with podcast production. And since then, it's been a very, very, very 
uh, awesome experience. It's been an awesome experience. Ups and downs, as you are aware, are aware I, I, mm -hmm. I, I guess you. Yeah, I think you kind of went through the same process because uh, I, I read you had a, a degree in uh, archaeology, and then you yes. moved on to other areas. So, like it's a big shift, not only in terms of what you do, but also in terms of mindset. Like you have to reconfigure yourself, rewire yourself in so many areas. But it's been a great experience. It be, it's been an awesome experience. Did you find there was a big learning curve to start with? Obviously, you've got to use um, various pieces of equipment, microphone. You've got to be able to record it. You've got to be able to edit it. Was that something that you knew something about already? Or did you have to learn all that stuff? Okay, the technical side was not very hard for me because I've always been a gearhead. <laughs> so uh, when I was a teen, I used to play the guitar. I, I had an electric guitar, so I had an idea about like how microphones work, how like all these uh, devices work, and, and I love like uh, always like checking reviews and looking for information for new microphones, new audio interfaces, new devices. So that part was pretty easy for me, and I think was one of my of my strengths. I think what, what really was uh, complicated at the beginning was the mindset shift. Uh, when you switch from being an employee, I, I had been an employee for over eight years, to being uh, a business owner. I think that was maybe the hardest thing. Mm. So what is it about podcasting that can, can help a business? H how does it help a business to grow? Okay, uh, there, there are two areas. I think in, in the big scheme of things is audio. In general, it's becoming a greater and greater thing right now. You have uh, new apps or new services such as Clubhouse and other things that, that uh, you have Amazon and you have Google Home that are audio-based. So the audio-based industry is growing a lot. Particularly podcasting is growing a lot as well. We have a lot of um, new creations in terms not only of services and, and, and new podcasts and new publications, but also technology that is directly designed for podcasting. So podcasting is going to contribute a lot to business. It's contributing right now a lot to small businesses, but it's going to contribute a lot more in the, in the future because it's a way to connecting. It's a way to establishing relationships with relationships with people, that uh, relationships that are evergreen because you're going to always be publishing content that can easily be easily consumed by other people. And uh, that is going to help you build a connection both with those listening to you but with people in your industry, people who are at your level or maybe that you can see as being in a higher level. Uh, and that will help you build authority and credibility and eventually, potentially, that can also give you more leads or more potential clients. Mm. So you see using podcasting then as, as a way of expanding your network? Absolutely, yes. It's a very effective way of expanding your network. And so I know that you, you've, you've helped a lot of people um, get their podcast off the ground. How, how many do you think you've helped so far? Oh, how many? I think over in in this time, I think over fifty people. Uh, yeah, like there are some that come and go. Some like some of my clients have stayed for with some of them. I've been working since I very uh, since I started my business. Uh, but I think it's over fifty entrepreneurs. And so, what is it specifically that you help them to do? Oh my God, everything, <laughs> everything, because uh, these entrepreneurs, they are specialists in their particular areas. For example, uh, it can be business coaching or marketing or uh, fitness or nutrition, but they have no idea about like the technical side of a podcast or podcast strategy. So I help them in all these areas. Uh, we begin with the technical side, how to use a microphone, what microphone is the right one to get, uh, how to set up the podcast, what assets they need, 
how to, uh, then I take care of helping them with editing their audio, then getting their podcast on iTunes and all these platforms, Spotify, etc., and then running uh, the podcast show. So it's pretty much taking care of all the, managing the whole show so they can still focus on their business while getting an additional asset, because that's what a podcast is, is an asset that will keep uh, generating network opportunities and lead opportunities for them. Is there an ideal time to start a podcast as a business owner? Absolutely. I think this is the best time there can be. Uh, even though there might be a perception that everybody is doing a podcast and, okay, there are so many podcasts, which, which might actually be true. However, the industry is still growing. Uh, there is so much growth left and so many opportunities out there that I definitely think it's a very, very good time to start a podcast because, uh, as I just mentioned, not only in terms of how many podcasts are being published, but how uh, related industries are creating new new devices or new pieces or new services for podcasts. We have, for example, Wistia, which was a video-only platform now creating podcast hosting services. We have microphone companies such as Shure or Samsung that are creating po uh, microphones specifically designed for podcasting. And this has been just in the last year. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of change happening at the moment, isn't there? Absolutely, yes. How do you keep up with all of that? Oh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of go crazy and sometimes I just need to uh, take a break and disconnect and not know what's going on. But then uh, I think it's very important to stay, uh, it's like keep up with the news. Yeah. So in terms of your clients then, what kind of topics are their podcasts about? Uh, my clients in particular, they are uh, like they have two groups. One group is business coaches, uh, particularly business coaches who work with female entrepreneurs. And the other one is health and wellness coaches. As you might be aware, um, health and wellness industry, the health and wellness industry is mainly dominated by a female, mm, uh, by female entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. by a female audience as well. So those are all my two main groups of clients right now. But presumably, podcasts can be about absolutely anything. Is there anything that you think doesn't work on a podcast? <sighs> no, I think I think a podcast is a platform, and as a platform, you can use it as you feel it's better for your personal uh, purposes or for your business purposes. So you can have podcasts that are about I don't know medicine, that are about photography that are about uh, literature, like anything you can think of, you can create a podcast about. Uh, there are like some, even some narrative podcasts, like you can listen to stories with sound effects, like you can feel, it's like watching a movie, but just listening to the audio, you can feel yourself immersed in the story. So a podcast is a platform, you can adapt it or, or use it as it better fits your purposes. And do you think there's a, an, an ideal length for a podcast to be or an ideal number of episodes per month or something? Well, in terms of the length, um, it depends on what content you're releasing and uh, what your audience preferences are. Uh, what I, I work mainly with businesses so when it comes to podcasting for businesses. I think the ideal length should be somewhere between 20 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, there are podcast episodes, like podcast shows, for example, Joe Rogan's, he has podcasts, uh, podcast episodes that are over three hours in length. Wow. <laughs> and people go and listen to the whole piece. So it's it's crazy. Uh, in terms of frequency, I think at least once a week, that will be the ideal thing. No longer that. Okay, so people do twice a week. 
Uh, I think once a week is is ideal. Always release same day, same time uh, to keep like uh, to, to stay consistent. That's very important because then your audience is going to know what to expect and when they are going to see a new episode. Mm. And I suppose in terms of the length, it, it depends really on how the audience is consuming the podcast. If uh, like me, for example, I listen to podcasts when I'm walking my dog, which is usually for about 30 to 40 minutes. So yeah. that's the kind of length that I'm looking for in a podcast. But, um, you know, if people are listening on a commute to work that's an hour long, let's say, they might be looking for something a, a bit longer. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, usually people listen to podcasts while they're doing other things. Mm. Like that will to, to, to uh, occupy their minds and learn something while they're commuting, for, for example or walking the dogs, or like doing the dishes, or I don't know, working or doing anything else. So yeah, I, th I think um, the length uh, is, is important as like, you have to consider how much time your audience has available to listen to you uh, and, and the kind of content that you're produ producing. Because for example, if you are delivering a, a message that doesn't need to take 20 minutes something that you need to deliver in 10 minutes you can deliver in 10 minutes because you uh, it, you, you should go straight to the point and and uh, respect your audience's time so just take the 10 minutes do not expand the time artificially just take the time needed to deliver the message that's it so if someone's thinking about starting a podcast they possibly might feel a bit overwhelmed about all the things that they, that they, they need to do What's where should they start? What's the first thing you should do when you're thinking about starting a podcast? Okay, uh, there are two sides of it: the technical side and the strategy side. Uh, the technical side will be get a microphone <laughs> because <laughs> many people start podcasts with just their laptops or their phones, and then the audio quality is pretty bad, and that is not going to be very helpful when you get to communicate with your audience because bad audio quality is going to uh, affect engagement. Mm. So that's one thing. And the other thing is mindset. You need to prepare very well. You need to have uh, the, the audience as the core and center of everything you do. It's not, it, the podcast is, gonna, is not going to be about you. It's going to be about everything your, audiences, uh, your audience needs, about their challenges, about their wants, about their needs, about their goals. So everything is going to be about your audience. And you need to prepare for the long term a podcast and any other type of content strategy is not something that is going to yield results overnight mm -hmm. it takes months so you can't start seeing results and yeah growth takes a long time but you need to be persistent and you need to be consistent as well yeah now obviously as, as a voiceover artist i already had the um you know the equipment and the expertise needed for recording and editing but i imagine for a lot of people that's a really big step you know, it's yes. something that's very different to anything they've done before. And I imagine that that might put a lot of people off starting. Yes, uh, sometimes, uh, well, the, what's the name of that? The shiny object syndrome. <laughs> because like there are so many fancy microphones and fancy devices out there. So people uh, have a hard time picking the microphone. Sometimes they pick one because they've heard it's very good and they go buy it. it it's almost bad. Because they got a great microphone, but they have a very uh, echoey space, recording yeah. space. So they don't take that into account. Yeah, that is a challenge. That is a, a big challenge. For example, we have a lot of people buying the Blue Yeti, which is a condenser microphone. It's super sensitive. It looks nice. It's super fancy. But when you use it in, a, in a, an echoey room, it's going to sound really bad. So I always recommend people to go with dynamic microphones. 
Uh, there is one I always recommend. That there are two actually that are pretty similar. One is the Audio Technica ATR2100, and the other one is the Samsung Q2U. These are like USB dynamic microphones, which means you can plug them directly into your uh, computer, no additional devices needed. And the fact that they are dynamic means that they are they, they have low sensitivity, so that will help reduce echo and reverberation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's something that that, that um, you know I quite often mention to people when they're talking about microphones. And yeah. I'll say if you, uh, you know, if if you if you bought the microphone that I have that I'm using at the moment, and you just put it on your desk and try to use it, it would sound terrible. Yes. You can have the best microphone in the in the world, but if you haven't got the recordings, the treated recording space to go with it, it's not going to sound good. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. A, a $5,000 microphone in a bad recording space will sound just like a $2 microphone. Yeah. Recording space is like 70% of the audio quality, I will say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that's the, um, the, the microphone part of it. But when it comes to recording, what do you recommend that the people use? Well, uh, not Zoom. <laughs> I do not <laughs> recommend people using Zoom. Uh, it's very common. But I do not recommend it because it compresses the audio quality a lot and there is a lot of quality loss there. Uh, so if you're recording solo, uh, if you're a Mac, you can use a GarageBand. That's a very good piece of software. Uh, and you, if you're recording remote interviews, I like using Zencaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, very, it's very good. It's very stable. You have great audio quality. There are other services such as uh, Squadcast that also allow for the same thing. Very, very good services. And they are good on, on, on besides they that they give you very, very good audio quality, that they are very stable. They provide a very stable signal. So the conversations are going to flow a lot more smoothly than if you were doing it on Zoom where you constantly lose the audio signal and that there are so many interruptions that make it hard to have a, a, a nice communication. Yeah. So once you've got your podcast recorded, how would you then actually get it out there to the universe? <laughs> okay, um, there are several things you need to do. Well, on one side, you need to prepare the episodes, the audio episodes, uh, that's for sure. But you also need to take care of your cover art, the purpose of the podcast, and prepare episodes in advance. Like, you don't want to record one episode every week. You want to have several re- episodes recorded in advance. So if you happen to be uh, busy or you need to travel or like anything happens, you already have a batch of episodes there as a buffer to be released in the following days. And uh, you need to get a podcast hosting service. Um, there are many of them. I recommend going for a paid service mm-hmm. because there is a trade-off. You can go with a free one with uh, such as Anchor, which is very good but you're going to sacrifice control over the distribution of your show. Whereas if you pay for a a paid service such as Libsyn or Podbean or Buzzsprout, you're going to have a lot more control. So if you're podcasting for a business or as a business, it's better if you go with a a paid service. So once you get that, then it's the time of submitting to iTunes and Spotify and all these platforms. So every time you release a new episode, it shows up there. This is a one-time thing, uh, and, and like many people think, every time you release a new episode, you have to go and publish it on iTunes and Spotify and all this. No, you don't have to do that. You do a one-time submission, and then automatically, every time you release a new episode, is going to show up there on these platforms. 
So once the podcast is out there, people can access it via iTunes, uh, Spotify, etc., etc. What's the best way to promote that and get as many people as possible to hear it? Okay, um, this answer will absolutely depend on your audience's preferences. If they prefer, like you have to figure out what your audience uh, uses as a channel for consuming content or to getting access to new content. If it's social media, so social media might be very effective. And then what social media channel? Instagram is one thing. TikTok is very different. LinkedIn is very different. So that will depend on your audience preferences. Uh, the other thing is not rely uh, not, not to rely only on social media is very important because you have very little control of how the information is distributed. Mm. So uh, a very good strategy we are applying right now and we have proven to be very effective when uh, you want to promote a show is actually to be a guest on other shows. Because uh, as somebody I interviewed was saying, uh, podcast listeners listen to podcasts. It mm -hmm. sounds obvious, but it's more likely that uh, uh, if somebody who listened or who heard about you on a podcast is going to check out the show you're creating than somebody who found you on uh, Instagram, for example. So that is a more effective way of promoting your show. So something that I do for other podcasters is to help them create intros and, and, and outros that might involve some music and, and sound effects. What are your thoughts about what makes a good introduction to a podcast? Uh, it should be short, probably, I think, somewhere between 30, I think 40, 45 seconds stops, but somewhere between 20 to 45 seconds will be good, okay? Because it's a hook. The, the intro is going to be the attention hook, so you need to provide all the information as soon as a new listener jumps into an episode. So you should talk about, in those seconds, you, you need to talk about what content you're providing, who you're providing it for, how they're going to benefit, and who you are. Sounds like a lot, but you can definitely express all these ideas here, okay? It's important to focus on that because I see sometimes people just talk about who they are and who they are and who they are. That's not what you need to do. You need to focus on what you're going to offer, who it is for, how they're going to benefit, and after that, who you are. It's going to be very important. And do you think it's, it's useful to have music in the background of that? Uh, yes, yes. I think music is very good when it comes to creating your brand because it's going to help people just auto automatically identify or connect with, um, with, the, with the show. It's just like when we are watching our favorite TV show and we see the, the opening uh, song or the, the opening track. We already connect with that. It's, it's the music that leads us or that gets us in the mood to listen to the show. Yeah, yeah. So once the podcast is out there, you've got listeners, um, what's the best way to, to engage with those people and make sure that they remain a part of your network? Uh, okay, the main way, and I think everybody will recommend this, is to focus on building an email list. I think this is, this is the most important part of it. Uh, making sure you constantly uh, add new people to your email list and you have a constant flow of emails and communication with them. And I think social media is also a very good way of uh, keeping constant communication with your with your listeners. Uh, you can publish audio snippets extracted from your show. You can publish quotes. You can publish uh, I don't know stories. You can make challenges. You can like there are so many things you can do with social media to keep like this constant engagement with your audience. 
So can you give us some more examples of how people can use podcasts for networking? Sure, Liz. Um, the thing I found with podcasting, and uh, many of my clients tell me the same thing, is they feel like podcasting is a great way or a great excuse to talk to awesome people who otherwise wouldn't be available to them or who, who wouldn't be so easily accessible to them to talk. Mm. So... Um, when you are interviewing, like, I think podcast interviews are a great way to network. Uh, there are, I mean, there are so many benefits. One is that you're going to give your audience and your listeners a lot of value from that person's uh, perspective. But you're also going to be able to connect with that person. You're going to be able to connect with professionals in a lot of different areas uh, with uh, different levels of expertise and different approaches. Because even though we are talking about the same topic, like two or three different professionals might have different approaches. So you're going to be able to establish conversations and relationships with these people. And, and sometimes, uh, well, it, I think it's, it's a human interaction. Sometimes you have this chemistry, you have a nice conversation, but you don't talk afterwards. But sometimes you get to build a connection and you end up being business partners or doing collabs or uh, creating additional podcast episodes after that. Or like creating something absolutely new. And that's happened to me. And I think that's happened to a lot of my clients. They get to interview somebody who eventually ends up being somebody who they end up um, creating new projects with. So networking is all about building relationships. Yeah. And like sometimes it's hard to find a way or an excuse to talk to somebody. Just like send them a cold email or like approach, and approach them out of the blue seems kind of weird and sometimes we just get ignored whereas if you go ask them to be a guest in your podcast show like people always want to be heard and they want to be like they, they, they want to show what they're doing they want to share with the world their message and what their business is doing right now so they're going to be a lot more open to talking to you that way yeah. And what about the other way around? If, um, if you want to be a guest on somebody else's podcast what's the best way to approach that? Uh, you need to focus on how you can offer them value. Uh, and, and, and it's very important that you create a, a pitch that is tailored to that particular show's um, aim and purpose. So, for example, if you're going to be uh, pitching somebody who works, I don't know, who creates a podcast around uh, Facebook ads. Okay, So you need to tailor a, a, a pitch and propose a topic that is going to help uh, that particular audience around that particular topic. And the other thing that also helps a lot is that you can offer or you can propose ways that you are going to help that podcaster promote the content or promote the, the, the episode mm -hmm. in as many channels as you can. Because otherwise, it will be kind of like free writing. You're getting exposure. So, like, you should also help promoting the, sh the, the episode. Yeah. Yes. To g give them something in return. Absolutely. Yes. Brilliant. And presumably, as well as helping people to make podcasts, you also listen to podcasts yourself. Do you have any favorites you'd like to share? Oh, my God. As a, as a producer, I listen to so many podcasts. Like Usually my clients' podcasts, I have very little time. But there is one I really like, which is uh, Joe Pulitzi's Content Marketing Inc. That's, what, like, that's my fave. Absolutely. Lovely. Well, you've given us some great golden nuggets there, David. Thank you very much for sharing all that information. And just finally, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to find you? Okay, uh, they can they can email me at david at audiencecoach.com. 
that's one way they can do it. And they also can find a lot of great stuff on, on our website, audiencecoach.com slash resources. There they can find like a lot of tools and services and, and other stuff that they can use for their podcast shows. And, and on iTunes and Spotify, wherever they listen to podcasts, they can find us. And we are Audience Coach. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Liz. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.